Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, September 10th. S&P futures are trading down about 13 points. That's about 40 basis points. NASDAQ futures are down about the same amount, 40 basis points as well. The major European indices are also down about 30 basis points. So US and Europe are both um, tracking relatively consistent with one another. In Europe, you are seeing underperformance in the key cyclical groups. So banks, basic resources are both down more than 1%. A lot of the travel, leisure, aerospace names are also extending their declines from yesterday. They are underperforming as well. Asia was more mixed. You saw some pockets of outperformance um, and then a few areas of uh, of laggards. So in terms of news for today, there's really nothing to talk about. Um, you know, really n- very little happened overnight versus the U.S. close yesterday. Just running through kind of the big macro topics. U.S. fiscal stimulus seems all but dead. The odds of getting um, pre-election fiscal stimulus passed seem non-existent. So the Senate will vote today on this McConnell $500 billion bill. They'll probably get a majority, so 51 Republican senators. It will die after that. It looks like there's real no kind of initiative to revive it before the election. It sounds like the focus will shift to passing a CR, um, which is essentially just a temporary budget to get um, past the election into December. Um and again, I think the big problem is just there's no pressure being applied to Washington from either the market or economic data. There is an enormous gap between McConnell. So this bill today of $500 billion, the actual incremental spending within it is only $300 billion. The rest is repurposing prior stimulus funds. So you have $300 billion on McConnell versus Pelosi at $2 trillion plus. That just seems like an irreconcilable gap um, to bridge before the election. So unless something dramatic occurs, you have an enormous market sell-off. And what we've seen in the last couple of days does not count as an enormous market sell-off, or you'd see a real um, steep decline, deterioration in economic data. And there's really just not many data points between now and the election. I think investors should kind of um, put off any hope of pre-election fiscal stimulus. On the monetary policy front, so the ECB is this morning, 730 I'm sorry, 7.45 for the press release and then 8.30 for the press conference. Um, Policy is widely, widely expected to stay on hold. This should be a very uneventful type of meeting. There is a lot of chatter about whether or not Lagarde is going to attempt to talk down the euro. I'm sure she will repeat the typical platitudes that that ECB officials make when they are concerned about euro strength. Just talking about how the euro is being watched. The euro is an ingredient into the growth and inflation outlook, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to see any real dramatic language alteration in terms of, um, in a, you know, an effort to really weaken the euro. So I would expect ECB today would be very uneventful. The ECB is doing a lot already in terms of asset purchases and rates. Um, no one, no one should be complaining that they are not doing enough. So I would expect non-eventful uh, ECB in a couple of hours. On the COVID front, also not a lot of change. So I think the market consensus on the Astro pause is that it's a relatively routine and minor event. Um, a lot of media, the FT claims that the trial could resume as soon as next week. Astro CEO um, is on the wires this morning, making comments just, you know, nothing really all that incremental, but he sounds hopeful, still encouraged, still says this is a, you know, again, this is a not unexpected, not not a surprise. Um, you know, these, this, these types of pauses occur in trials. He still sounds confident in having a vaccine by the end of the year. Um, so again, I, th- I know you saw in the last couple of days in the U.S. and then also in Europe this morning, you are seeing people sell kind of those epicenter stocks, the ones that are most sensitive to vaccine sentiment. But I think that's more just a function of kind of booking profits. Those groups have run a lot recently. It doesn't seem like people are really altering their views in, on the vaccine. 
Um, the consensus still assumes that you will hear by the end of October whether or not one of these major candidates, either Astra, Pfizer, or Moderna, whether or not the vaccines are safe and effective. That does not mean you'll probably get an FDA uh, emergency use authorization um, before the election, and the trials will not probably formally end before the election. But the market seems to assume that we will know about one of those vaccines um, formally or kind of unofficially, whether or not they're safe and effective before the election. That still kind of is the um, operating assumption for the market. Uh, the other big theme, Brexit is is a topic that, again, it just doesn't seem to be very relevant for U.S. equities. It's more of a nuisance in terms of just trying to reconcile all the headlines that are flying around. The process does seem to be spiraling. So not only don't the uh, not only is there not a trade agreement in place before the deadline at the end of this year, now the U.K. is kind of going back and threatening to abrogate pieces of the original Brexit agreement. Um, so that whole process seems to be spiraling again, I think. You know, in the U.S., they, we have a limited bandwidth as far as being able to focus on macro topics. This one is far on the periphery, um, and I think it's going to stay there. Um, ByteDance also is another issue where, you know, the volume of information on it seems to be vastly exceeding its importance. Um, so there were a couple of articles about how now ByteDance and the White House may be able to work out some arrangement so that they do not have to sell TikTok's U.S. operations. We'll have to see how all that unfolds. Um, so those are the big news topics. Micro news, again, very kind of minor in terms of major uh, developments overnight. You had a couple of earnings reports, restriction hardware, RH, very strong. That stock was up a lot. Um, more takeout chatter on KSU. Uh, they apparently rejected a, a takeout bid. Uh, Ac uh, Axo Nobel, which is the European paints company, uh, came out with a positive earnings commentary this morning as far as Q3 trends. So that stock is outperforming in Europe today. But again, very, very quiet. Um, on the calendar, so the ECB is going to be the big macro event for today. You have U.S. job jobless claims today, 30. This vote in the Senate, um, again, on, on the McConnell bill. Uh, more sell-side conferences. So it's a very busy week this week and very, very busy week next week on sell-side conferences. You have a ton of companies updating investors. For the most part, the commentary is, is positive. You've had a couple of upside pre-announcements. Other than airlines, which sort of talked down Q3 trends yesterday, um, a lot of the commentary, I have a broader update in the piece this morning. Um, you've had a bunch of upside pre-announcements, and then for the most part, companies are signaling that quarter is tracking to plan. If you go back to Q2, the Q2 earnings season, the numbers were obviously vastly ahead of expectations. A lot of that was because when companies provided guidance back in April, that was the kind of um, the most acute phase of the pandemic crisis. So they benefited, earnings benefited from just a vast gap um, between you know reality and I think expectations and analyst modeling, which was very conservative. You're not going to see that take place in Q3. Um, you know, street estimates are, 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 much, are much brighter. Um, so you're not going to see that type of outperformance. But it does look like, um, for the most part, business is tracking to plan, if not a bit above for earnings. Um, you know, we're about a month away from the start of the Q3 earnings season. That is essentially everything for today. Um, the I did put out a piece yesterday just previewing the upcoming Fed meeting, which is next week. I think it's going to be a very important one. Um, there are a lot of kind of uh, I think I think the problem as far as street expectations with the Fed. Nobody can complain that the Fed is not doing enough. Same with the ECB. They have monetary policies about as accommodative as it can be um, in terms of rates and asset purchases. I kind of run through everything right here. So I think the issue is more um, the consensus expectations need to be refined. A lot of people. Um, when you ask, when you talk about kind of what they assume for the Fed next week, they say, you know, quote unquote, I think the Fed will do more. Um, I think that kind of needs to be clarified as far as what investors should actually be expecting um, out of the Fed for next week. 
Um, and then just on politics quickly, again, no real movement on that front. You know, this this Woodward book um, creating a lot of headlines, just like the recent Atlantic article created a lot of headlines. I don't think it will shift the polls dramatically. You still have Biden up seven points nationally. Um, his battleground average lead has been widening out a tiny bit in the last couple of days. So that's up about to about three points, um, which is just on the cusp of uh, the margin of error. Um, and I still think kind of that first debate, which is September 29th, is going to be the next big event. Uh, no real major political events on today's calendar. Trump is speaking tonight in Michigan. And that is it for today. Thank you for listening.